Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Vigilant Guitars. Vigilant is a really rad company based in Victoria, BC, Canada, and they're making some of the world's coolest multi-scale extended range guitars and basses, all custom ordered. You want it, they'll do it. Not just the weird stuff, you just want a sick six string shred machine, it's done. Trevor is making some of the hippest stuff out there, and he's doing it using all of the most environmentally friendly processes and lumbers that he can. Heck, he often harvests his own lumber, but if he can't do that, he gets it from ethical sources. He's happy to use modern parts and modern techniques like LED lighting, rock light, carbon fiber, all sorts of cool stuff. So if you're looking for something awesome, check out Vigilant Guitars. Take number two. Why do I you didn't do think that? of a rhyme. I don't know, man. I, I also forgot the nicknames. Let's just let's just call it what it is. Adonis Al, captivating Casper, mm-hmm. good looking Gary, and oh, I need I need one that starts with a T. Tempting Trevor. Wow. The four of us are here. We are joined by. Trevor and Gary from Vigilant Guitars and Parts Caster Concierge for what, Mr. Casper? Episode three of the Parts Build Series, the finale, the grand finale. That's right. That was my best announcer voice how to do. That's pretty good. Well, not I, bad, right? Yeah. Seven out of ten. You know? Seven. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> it's a strong start. Room for improvement. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Try, you know, let's, let's I'll do better next all time. Positive. That's, that's that's all gonna positive. It's going to be my new thing. I'm just going to talk like an announcer for the first 60 seconds of every episode. Okay. You know, I just want you to be happy. <laughs> whatever you need to do. Well, let's let's just fire it along. Um, we started over. We had some audio issues, so we're starting over. And uh, we have less audio issues now. Sounds mm-hmm, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to recap, Casper, what have you been up to this week? Um, okay. I got a Vox wah pedal. That does not say Ted, from uh, from a friend of mine uh, that I work with. And he can't write jokes we made. In a recording <laughs> but the look on your face is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Uh, You're looking at me like, uh. so yes, I can. It doesn't say Ted. It says Wah. Anyhow, um, it's really great. It, it's like probably 14 years old. And uh, it has the original battery in it, and it, was, it barely worked. He said he'd never even played it, never even plugged it in, didn't even know what it did. Uh, somebody somebody that he was taking lessons from told him that he should buy it because it was cheap. I think he bought it for 20 bucks. So brought it home, checked it out. It makes wah sounds. It's actually kind of nice. It's nicer than the one I have, the crybaby wah that I've got. I got to be honest. I think any wah is nicer than a crybaby Well, I mean, original. if the actual condition of the pedal, the one I bought for whatever it was, 40 bucks or whatever online, was it's beat. Like, absolutely beat. Yeah. It was full of dead bugs, and it was gross. Um, but this one's much better. Excellent. And uh, the other thing I did, Al, was... Oh, yeah, I took apart my SG. You did. Yeah. Started the mods. Started the mods. I routed the body with a Forstner bit, which was... It was... There was heavy puckering. 
I was very scared. A terrifying. Well, and I don't have any way of like clamping it down to the drill press. The drill press is definitely not intended to be a pickup routing tool. So it was just, it was late at night. I came off of a late shift. I got off work at like almost 10 o'clock. Got home, couldn't sleep. So it was like 2.30 in the morning. This is when I decided. It's the like, best time to operate <laughs> power tools and do well, I was like, careful you know, mods I was like, you know, valuable guitars. If I don't, if because <laughs> I figured it out because the Forster bit's stuck in my drill press. Again, long story. Um, I, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it because if I don't do it, I'm not going to do it. I'll just like, I'll, I'll chicken out. So I'm like, to hell with it. I've got a, just a tiny little bit of confidence that this is going to be a good plan and t- took it on. And it actually worked out really good. So excellent. Yep. The P90s don't, didn't need as quite as much routing as I like out as extra room as I took out just because like where the, um, um, you just needed to extend a tiny little bit of the ends where the, yeah. And just the corners of where the pickup tang kind of slot is on a, on a humbucker route. So you did these extra big, so you can put a whole whack load of different pickups in there. Yeah. Um, I could probably even like we were saying, we could probably even stuff like a set of wide ranges in there if I really try. Yeah. And the pick guard still covers the routes. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was enough of a enough of like a, a shadow of the pick guard left, like an imprint left on the body that mm-hmm. I could. It, it's like easily a half an inch from right from on. every edge. So congratulations, sir. Yeah, it really worked out. Exciting I'm, stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait till the stuff arrives. Classic from, on the way from England. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, what have you been up to, Mister? Let's go, Gary. Gary, what have you been up to this week, man? Or month or whatever. Uh, well, I've taken uh, the last week off from my day job, so I've been working in my garage pretty much every day on guitar stuff, which is super fun. Yeah, nice. Um, but uh, outside of, like, working, I got a new pedal board this past week, so I've been trying to piece everything together and figure out how I want to set up a signal chain and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Did you, did you like, where did you buy? <laughs> or what did you, yeah, what did you get? Uh, it's a pedal train. Um, it's like 24 by 13 or something like that. It's pretty good size. And it had a, That's it's the same like size as mine. 12 unit power supply, I think. Um, my dude from Sweetwater that I work with a lot uh, gave me a pretty sweet deal, so I couldn't pass it up. So yeah, awesome. just tons of pedals here. Did you say yeah. your dude from Sweetwater? Sorry? Yeah, yeah. I've got the, the same sales rep that I work with at Sweetwater, oh, okay. and they already bundled together like the package. It has little... Uh, the power supply and all the patch cables and stuff like that. But oh, they okay. found an open item board on top of that. So I got that's, a that's really awesome. Deal. Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I heard, uh, there was right, right. As you said, uh, sweet, uh, there was like some, something scraped on a phone or something and, uh, I missed it, but yep. cool. We don't do sweet water up here. I don't think we have sweet water here. No, I don't think that's they, a, that's a shame. I don't think they even ship up here. They are right around the corner. I'm in Muncie, and they're in Fort Wayne, so they're like an hour away from me or so. But I, I still get stuff shipped all the time. Yeah, I heard their. I, I've I've heard their headquarters is quite the place to visit. Yeah, they've got a pretty sweet showroom and tons of just. I mean, gear everywhere. I mean, we've got like a there's a sight and sound and a guitar center and some like Sam Ash stuff like that. But the Sweetwater is like probably three or four times the size of even the biggest shops we've got around here. Wow. Nice. That's Huge. crazy. Oh, nice. What about you, Trevor? What have you been up to, man? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, besides working every day since <laughs> New Year's. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, gosh. I had a, you know, you think jobs get easier the more you do them, but there's the client seemed to find me. So 
had a guy come in and he's what are we we're doing now we're doing a multi-scale um baritone nylon string headless neck through with the with the yeah okay no hold up and then sorry can you start again (laughs) yeah so it's a it's a multi-scale baritone nylon string that is neck through but headless so the head's at the tail and then it's not an acoustic but it has um steam bent sides like just the perimeter there's no top there's no back and then we're trying to rack my brain around how to do it but he wants um, RMC pickups in intonatable saddles for the nylon strings that then go to a 13-pin output jack. Honestly, that guitar sounds like something a luthier would dream up as a nightmare project. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an impossible yeah, to pull a, off project. Oh, but it's just, it's yeah, it's been like cold sweats, but just trying to figure this thing out. But I think, I think I'm on the way towards it. So it's, uh, <laughs> okay, wow. yeah. So between that and just thinking about that all, all in the past week or two, um, yeah, not much working on the guitar show. Just, just keep my head down and <laughs> moving forward with, with that. And then it's, uh, it's just been busy and, and nonstop since, since this year started. Nice man. That's amazing, dude. Oh yeah. That is the that is a hard guitar to imagine. <laughs> so like, it's it, a hard it's... client to imagine too, but <laughs> <laughs> but just incredibly talented player, like just could run circles around most most people, like kind of jazz fusion type guy. Right. Um yeah. what are those guitars? And... There's a guitar kind of like that, but it's an electric uh, they're called silent or something like that. Oh, you're thinking of the Yamaha like silent guitars? Yeah, the silent series ones. They, ones they have like a they have like a perimeter frame, but it's all just neck and pickups and 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 stuff. But that's kind of what that sounds like. The only reason it has a perimeter is so that you could put your leg, put it on your leg. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's very much it. it. Is it's essentially an electric guitar, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not. An, uh, it's not acoustic by any means, but it just uses nylon strings. Um. And, uh, but it's just so, it's so minimal, uh, of a, of a structure to work around. It's, it's just, um, anyways, so yeah, that's a, wow, man. Well, I'm like, please, please keep me in the loop on that one. I'm dying to see. And and you said what kind of pickups on it? So called RMC, um, they, they're a piezo type pickup. Um, and so they look, uh, they look just kind of like a regular saddle, but they have two standoffs and, um, cause, uh, so effectively the two little legs that come off of the saddle, uh, flex as the string vibrates. And the, it's actually the flexing process that, that, um, you know, oscillates the piezo crystal and then that's sent to the preamp and everything. So crazy. Um, yeah, I'm going nylon Lord. strings. How in the heck are you going to make that work with a yeah, standard? It obviously yeah. doesn't have standard pickups. That's cool. That's, it sounds yeah. like a, like a project, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, this guy can play like a, and every, you know, every fret, like he's, he's up and down. He's definitely a player can utilize it. So it's uh cool. It's demanding, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a cool project to be a part of, but also sounds like a nightmare in a way. Yep. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I mean, I like solving problems and stuff, but I mean, I mean, you gotta, you know, take it in bite sized pieces. <laughs> it sounds like a whole bunch no, of stuff large to chunks. Sort out. Yeah. 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 It's large Crazy. chunks around here. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes my what's up this week feel like peanuts. Yeah. What's your what uh, you been up to this week? <laughs> um. 
Well, one thing I forgot to mention last week is, uh, so I got I got some some gift cards over Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, I used I used one to buy a Saint Nick from McNelly Pickups. Which, uh, for anybody who isn't aware of this, I'm not aware of this. Dear listeners, or Casper, yeah, I'm not. What is it? Uh, Saint Nick is essentially it's a P90 in a humbucker size housing. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly goes into the McNelly's version, but enough of a hoopla was made about this thing that our good buddies at Gibson came along one day <laughs> and served a lawsuit to McNelly. Oh. So what mm-hmm. they decided to do was just go, okay, we'll just move on to other things. And they stopped production on the St. Nick, except for one night of the year, Christmas Eve, when you can buy St. Nick pickups from them. And I guess that gets around the lawsuit issue because they're not in regular production. They're just uh, considered a custom order one night a year thing. Yep. So I, I got one and, uh, it's probably not even made yet, but <laughs> I'm in the queue for one. That's cool. So I have one of those coming down the pipe. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it, but uh, maybe it'll go on a guitar project with my new robot tuners that are also uh, on the way. <laughs> I know you're disappointed in me. I can't believe you sought out a set of robot tuners. I didn't seek them out. I yes, you ha- did. I happened to No, no, just because you happened to find somebody. The opportunity. That was, yeah, somebody you know was getting rid of them. Yeah. As they should, as and rightly so, um, and you're like, ooh, yeah, I'll probably mess around with them for a couple of months, and then you know, do you have like weekly coffee with Henry J? Or <laughs> <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so I got that coming, and then uh, I also have spent a lot of time in the past week basically doing fret, uh, releveling, crowning, polishing, um, polishing, mostly polishing, yeah. On uh, T60, um, my PVT60, sorry, I should say. And uh, it's still got a long ways to go. <laughs> I actually ordered a set of uh, fret fin- um, fret polishing rubbers from Crimson Guitars just to make the job easier. Because uh, with the limited stuff I evacuated with, <laughs> it's it, it was a it was a molehill of a mountain, of, to, mm. if that makes sense, to, the, to do a simple job like that. So, doing that, and then uh, I got around to installing, my soldering iron finally came in. Oh, nice. So, I got around to installing the uh, Jazzmaster pickups, the skate top ones oh. I got from uh, Mr. Schoen over at Schoen's Wood Effects, mm-hmm. um, which are also McNellies. They are. So, my Jazzmaster. Are, are those Stagger Swaggers? No, no they're, I, I actually don't know what they are. They're, they're, I think they're just a Jazzmaster pickup from McNelly. Um, They're going to be way better than the ones that are in there. With skate top. Yeah. I mean, the pickups that were in that thing weren't horrible, but um, it's definitely a a huge, huge upgrade from Squire pickups. Yeah. Yeah. I found the same thing when I took the Squire pickups out of my telly and put the the Peg City pickups in. It was just like, oh my gosh, this is actually fun to play now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I still don't have an amp at the the place we're staying yet. Um, You have two amps here you could take one with you. Well, we're going to be uprooting here pretty soon, so. I don't want to take more stuff into that house because it's just more stuff I have to pack out. Um, but yeah, got that done. Uh, I have reached, this is actually, of all the things I've teched or built, I've never actually done any pickup swapping or rewiring on Jazzmasters mm-hmm. or Jaguars because they weren't in fashion when I was doing crap tons of the stuff. Yeah. Um, so this is my first time doing that, and I hate 
it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I got to say. extra circuit up top. It made it so hard to get the pick guard back on. I got to say, man, uh, the wiring harnesses that we've, I mean, we've got a ton of them in the stu- in the studio now, but from, from Sean at Gun Street Wiring Shop, man, the install into the base was like, oh, there's two, yeah. two well, wires. We'll that in no, but I'm saying that you should go and find something like that well, for the jazz. It, call Sean. It has and- is, is kind of made me decide, like, I was going to call it good after this, but I don't use the rhythm circuit on the Jazz Master. I, and uh, after looking at the stock Squire wiring yeah. <laughs> and, cut, and parts, cut, cut, it was cut. like, oh, God, it was a rat's nest in there, man. Yeah, so, my, my tally was the same. It was I'm terrible. I'm going to remove it all. Uh, I am going to get a, I'm not sure if I'm going to do an injure pick guard or not. I'm tempted to cause it's Richard and I love his work. Um, uh, but the pick guard is going to come off. I'm going to get a new one. I'm going to put the three way switch up in kind of a less Paul position. Yep. And, uh, just going to convert it to one volume, one tone, three way switch and get rid of all the extra wiring and all the extra junk and, uh, move on to a happier, better life. Yeah. And a pick guard that goes on easily. I saw a um, an offset yesterday that had the like a Les Paul style switch, but on the bottom horn and more towards the front. And yeah, I'm not sure yeah, if that's, that's a typical a lot of placement. Do that. For... I, I I the reason I fell in love with Jazzmasters is because I went into a, a store one day and fell in love with an, uh, an American Performer Series Fender one, mm-hmm. and that's it was Les Paul style positioning, no rhythm circuit, and I was like. It was one of the best guitars I'd ever played, and I wanted it, but I didn't have $2,500. <laughs> so, well, no, I mean, that that jazz you've got with the Roboto neck on it and McNeely pickups, <laughs> thing's going to yeah. be good. And, uh, I mean, you got the Descendant trim, and it, it's, it's it, to do it. It's a rock it would, star, It would cost guitar, more than $2,500 to make one of those at this point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's fire into it. Parts build series. Oh, my gosh. I didn't make a good episode plan for this, so yeah. uh, we're just going to wing it, I think. I had a much more, like, concrete plan the first one out. Mm. <laughs> but final details, you had some experience. Well, let's start with you, man. You you finished up your bass before I finished up the guitar. Mm-hmm. I literally just finished Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I'd finished. I've been, I've been tinkering around with uh, trying to get it sorted. And, like, I'm no expert on this, and, and I had to rely on, on Trevor quite a bit to you know, kind of alleviate my, my worries because I, I strung the guitar with just like cotton string just to get alignments and make sure everything was going to line up and everything looked super straight. But I was super concerned about like, I mean, but I'm like a paranoid person <laughs> going, oh my God, is this going to be right? And am I going to be doing this right? Am I doing like, am I, am I screwing this up? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was super worried about the, like the deck height of the string and the frets over like the strings over the frets as they were coming off the saddles. Um, with the cotton string on it, it just they were everything was sitting really down low into the grooves and and everything was really really close. After stringing it, and it was kind of just like a hail mary, like well I'm just gonna put strings on it because I don't know. And it actually it is perfectly playable. Like it's so, it's, so it, the your your break angle, like your your string height looked way too low. Yeah, yeah it felt like uh, to me anyways. And I'm like say I'm a total total noob. I have no idea what I'm doing, and especially with like. Bass strings are going to be are big and fat, and I just didn't know. I was really worried about it, but now that I've got it strung up and I've played it now, it's actually you know the action's a little high because the truss rod needs adjusting and like little fine tweaking things. But everything is bang on; like it feels really, really good. Um, it sounds awesome, like you know the. But it's it's the little 
the little things, the little detail things that I'm running into now. It's like, okay, now we need to, you know, set it up and, and, you know, adjust all the saddle heights properly. Cause I don't actually know what I'm doing. So that's going to be a process. I might even actually ask a guy that I know sitting across from me to see if he can set Who's it that up. Idiot? Yeah. <laughs> Just because you've, you've done a lot of these setups and stuff like this on guitars yeah. over the years. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so it, it it's, it's finished. I only do setups on non-walnut instruments. Oh, well, <clears throat> yeah, well, you can just go pound sand then and I'll, uh, I'll ask uh, one of my other friends, like Trevor. I see Trevor in April. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friend's a strong word, but I'll help you out. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Jesus, you know, I gotta, hold on, Slams, Al, can you take this, slammed. can you take this knife out of my bag? Oh, no, that was brilliant. That's, <laughs> it's the quiet ones that get you, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to kind of recap everything, and I was saying this earlier, this said, like, it's the details that you, with quality things, go very easily. Um, you Like, I had to basically take the plunge and string it but I was because I was afraid to I didn't know I was like well do I need to make more changes do I need to you know am I going to waste a $40 set of strings that I you know I'm going to have to cut off later and and buy again like I didn't know if I wanted to it's do possibility. that possibility yeah yeah possibility. exactly so when I did the, the you know, when I lined it up with string everything looked so good everything looked bang on you know geometry wise I was it was just so close that I began to panic unnecessarily you know, and, but it's, 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 <laughs> well, was any of that fostered by my early experience with, uh, no, I don't really listen to anything you say <laughs> with, with my geometry issue that, uh, that, you know, caused me so much early headaches in my build. I, I think it's just that because the, the tolerances are so close that, my eye, I, I couldn't like, obviously just looking at it with the neck bolted on and the saddles and the, and like the bridges on, I couldn't go, yeah, that looks right. <laughs> you know, like I couldn't, right. because the details are so minuscule. The, the, the actual tolerances is so, so tight that I couldn't see that it was going to work out. And so that made me start to be like worry about it. Does that happen to you, Trevor? That when you're finishing up builds, you, you find last minute things that kind of put you in a bit of a hair on end uh, panic? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're being honest, for sure. Um, I mean, but that's part of the fun of building these things. I mean, you know, whether you're just doing a neck or just a body or doing the whole nine yards, um, there's still a bit of magic in it. Right. And it's also wood. It's not a perfect science. It's not a perfect material. Um, there's always that moment where it's like you string it up and did I forget something or is this going to work out just fine? Is it going to fight me? Is it going to be just fine? And that's part of the fun. Sometimes you get something that just, you know, you just slap on the hardware and, and the nut and you string it up and it's bang on intonated. And other times it's like, yeah, it needs a little bit more work, but yeah, yeah, you just, yeah, look, you look forward to the times that it works out and just learn from the times it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the, like, uh, back down to like planning stuff. And like, I, I purchased the bridges for this for this base uh, with an idea of like aesthetic in mind and what I, and how I wanted to string through and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I still to this, like to today don't actually know how to intonate these bridges. Like 
are they, I think they're friction fit. Like they, they just stick in with friction and you can move them around. Like there's, because there's no adjusting screw or anything like that. And I don't know if anybody's run these hip shot triple lockdowns before. I believe we're talking to somebody who uh, has. Oh, but these are different. I don't think, have you guys ever run these triple lockdowns on anything? They were first by me. Trevor would probably be a better bet. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd have to see, like, if they have the two, the two vertical saddle height adjustment screws, then there should be a set screw that runs along the channel wall of then that you could back out and then move the saddle back and, um, back and forth to intonate and then set it again. But I don't know if Hipshot did that. Whoops. <laughs> I'm looking. Now. That was the sound that of was... a uh, brand new bass hitting a microphone. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they're adjustable somehow because I want to say they would slide back and forth about a centimeter play, and then they had at like six or eight millimeter height adjustment too. Yeah, they've yeah, got a fair. Right. Check they out the manuals. I got a honestly, fair amount of 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 height adjustment, but there's no set screw anywhere. Oh no, there it is. Never mind. I'm blind as a bat. There it is. <laughs> I got it. All right. Really expensive hardware is fully adjustable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, funny, but yeah. So there, it's just it's on the bottom. So like, if I had the base turned around the other way, looking at it from the, the like the small string, then I would be able to see it. But it's like facing away from me and has been for days. I haven't, okay. I haven't from a playing position. They're the, the set screws are facing downward, so it's facing your controls. I got it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But um, again, and it's, there's no. It didn't seem like there's a there's like a a screw like you know you adjust the saddles on something else it'll it'll wind along a, a screw and, and set your intonation these ones are kind of like loosen them off move the thing set the screw tighten it up guess and check guess and check guess and check i gotta say for 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 my aspect my end of things mm. the end of the build it kind of was like over too soon i spent so much time um double checking geometry and finding out I did I made some uh, goofy plans and uh, had <laughs> Gary cut me my goofy plans <laughs> and then having to call Trevor and beg for help um, and and doing all that stuff that's that's the stuff that took all my time um, it felt like the rest of this you know the the, the third part of this because I, I did a lot of assembly for part two in real time I, I assembled this thing while we recorded yeah um, and for, for this, for doing the final assembly, uh, it went fast. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was four points of soldering to do. Um, and that was it. And then it was just restringing. Um, so that was, that was, I, I almost kind of like, oh, cause yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time using a pre-wired. Nice. Right. Kit, which is brilliant, but I'm used to sitting down and. And kind of having a go of it, like, oh, I'll throw on some Star Trek and, and wire up a guitar. Um, so my last experience building a wiring harness, and it was, albeit it was an elaborate one, I would I would pay the money. Hundred <laughs> percent. I would buy I would buy the pre made harness and and wire in and solder in three wires. Oh, see, I I, I love I love doing wiring. I find it cathartic. What about what about you guys, Gary and Trevor? Where, Just where wired at? a harness right before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what I was doing right before we got on this call. Is it uh, is it a process you enjoy, or is it something you you know if somebody could just hand you the the harness all finished, you'd just do that? 
Oh, I, I dig it. I mean, I, I like as a kid, I was always like putting together, you know, models and stuff like that. So just following instructions and diagrams and really small, tedious parts, I just kind of shut off all the, I don't know, external gibberish that's going on around me and kind of focus on a little tedious task in front of me. And I, I dig it. I do I like pedal builds and stuff like that before I got into guitars were the same way, populating the board and getting all the soldering points and all that fun stuff. See, I actually find that fun too. But maybe I just bit off more than I could chew on the other one that I did. That this was so easy. I was like, oh. oh, don't get me wrong. That that base that I just shipped out not too long ago that had like a super switch just for the bridge, so it had every coil combination, split north and south, reverse phase, all that stuff on one switch. It went to another like four way like Tele style that had neck or bridge or both or both out of phase. And then it had like dark glass electronics, like a push pull volume with a tone stack on it. it. Had all kinds of crazy stuff. I ended up getting in touch with uh, Gun Street too, and Sean helped me kind of draw everything out. I made the harness myself, but he helped me figure out kind of the schematic that I was that I was going for to make mm. it all work. Yeah, Sean's good people. Oh, Give yeah. a shout out to Sean because yeah. uh, he is a partner in this build series. Yep. Yeah, yeah like I say, yeah, like I said, he. Mm -hmm. He helped me figure out all the, the ins and outs of how everything had to work. I had a method of how I was going to do it, and he kind of just broke it all down and rebuilt it from the ground up. And his method was definitely way better than mine. But <laughs> once I had some instructions, it was really easy to just kind of put everything where it went, and we plugged it in, and it worked right off the bat. So can't complain. Nice. Yeah. And where are you at with wiring, Trevor? Is that like a, a fun part for you, or, or is it uh, the part you kind of like look forward to the least? or? No, no, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I think it's I think it's therapeutic when it's just a process and really frustrating when it's a puzzle. Mm. Um, <laughs> like if it's just I, you know I do these like Fishman pickups a lot, so and it can be they can be pretty complicated, but you've done them so much, you know all the functionalities and there's lots of conductors and colors and yeah, I know how to do it, you know backwards. But when you get some you know, obsolete model from the sixties. You're like, what the heck? I've never seen this before. What are they doing? Why is it in a hollow body? Like, <laughs> you know, and you're going through an F hole and you're trying to use mirrors and there's dental floss everywhere. <laughs> and you're just like, no, this sucks. I, I'm, I quit. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, work in a factory somewhere. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, it's great when it works. It's not when it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. I I uh, I've had a few nightmare experiences with uh, complicated wiring jobs on mod guitars and stuff, and uh, I end up I never end up using the stuff anyway. So I've kind of like gone hardcore the other way now, where I'm just like, no, this minimalist, simple as possible. Yeah, my favorite control layout is exactly what I have on this guitar: three-way switch, volume tone, volume tone. It's essentially the SG thing. Just yep. you know, going right back to my very first <laughs> real. Guitar and my favorite guitar, so as far as I'm concerned, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and it makes good sense. It It's a great layout, you know. And I am not a guitar playing wizard. I am not going to order a nylon extended range, seven string, headless, and bodiless I mean, <laughs> neck through guitar. There's some dudes out there that can, like, you know, finger style on a jazz master, and they're putting that rhythm circuit to work and all that, but... Totally. It depends on your playing style, and I think just a, a pickup selector and going back and forth. I don't even use a tone. Most of the time, it's everything's like dimed out, you know? 
very rarely do I have to kind of roll back the volume to clean something up or something like that. Yeah, so truth be told. It just I, depends on your style. I, I also am a little bit guilty. I don't know why I have tone knobs on most of my guitars either. <laughs> See, but for me, it's either all the way on or all the way off. I like both. Mm. So, like, I, I will take, and, you know, if I want to really fuzz something up, I'll I'll roll the tone right off and, like, really get it get it cracking. I don't know. Yeah. I had, I had a... Uh, Melody Maker, it's a single P90. That was the only guitar I've ever like really extensively monkeyed around with subtle nuances of the volume and tone knobs. Mm. And it, that's because it's all that was there, you know, it's the only way to manipulate anything on that guitar. But uh, everything else, I was just like, this switch makes it darker, and then I flip it back and it's brighter, <laughs> and I play the power chords for the Weezers. Right. That's every t- every time somebody says P90s, I go, hmm. I want my P90s on my SG. <laughs> every time, <laughs> I I'm getting anxious. Yes. Well, aren't you? You're gonna mount them to the body, aren't you? Yeah, but I have to have the pickguard to line them up. Yeah. Don't yeah me. Just make new holes. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> don't tempt me. This is where one of the luthiers on the phone is supposed to jump in and yeah, be like, like, don't listen to him. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go for it, man. Stop. Aha! <laughs> I have an ally. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's that kind of attitude that keeps luthiers in work. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, just go uh, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll bring it with me so. when we come down in April, and then <laughs> 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 you can undo what I did. I get it. He's, he's yeah. keeping himself employed. I guess. Yep. <laughs> makes makes sense. With words of encouragement. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the best. You look like a good guy and you get some cash at the end. Uh, and on that that note though, I do gotta say, um, you guys are really awesome and I and we can't thank you enough for, for doing this with us and allowing us the privilege of doing this build series and uh helping us as we screwed things up along the way. And man, we did. Like I feel like I did. Uh, yeah, I got. I mean, I definitely did. I've got. Yeah, I've got a set neck guitar with shims in it. To, <laughs> I got a guitar I, I refinished twice. That's true. Mm-hmm. Your finish turned out great, though. It sure did. Somebody awful smart. That's kind of why we did the whole series, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't supposed it was to be the. They'd all just fall together, you know. That's true. Well, see, that's how it was advertised, you guys. It was just going <laughs> to... Like, you're like, oh, yeah, they'll just click together. I mean... I can, okay, oh, wait. For, for be, myself, though... here. If we were asking you guys to help us build uh, a Strat or a Tele... They would have just clicked it, together. A real standard Strat They would have clicked together. Yeah. Those are basically Lego. And 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 for, for myself, mine pretty much did. It, it really pretty much did. Aside from the finishing issues, that was entirely my fault. Um, it really did just click together. It, yeah, for all the stressing that you did over that neck pocket, uh, a couple of messages back and forth between Trevor and I, and he kind of helps me figure out some real simple math to make sure we get the neck pocket perfect. And uh, yeah. I knew it was going to go on that. I, I, I did all that stress too before I shipped it out, so I know exactly <laughs> what you're going through. Well, I so, was, and it's so like basically all of us stressed and then cried to Trevor, and didn't he fix everything? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it. Um, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't describe the like feeling it is to have it finished in front of me now. 
you know, after all that stressing, after all the elbow grease into the finish and, and the hours spent sanding and like all of these little things that we did to have it in front of me. And like, I plugged it in an hour ago and made bass sounds and it did bass. You're rewarding, right? Yeah. Super. Yeah. Like I, I am. Yeah. I'm getting the, like, that's, that's what we're doing this for. That's, that's get, what anybody's doing a parts build for more than yep. anything. Cause you yeah. can always buy a guitar that'll do what you need it to do. Maybe you have to mod it or something, maybe, yeah. but to, to sit down and build your own guitar is all about that reward at, at the end of the rainbow of like, I did this. Yep. Me. I think it's everything cool. about it is exactly what you wanted, you know, you, you know, every single aspect on that build. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, the point I was going to make next. It's like, yes, you could go and do this a simpler way than we did. You know, you could definitely do the, the telly strat type of style thing. Um, but these builds kind of pushed the envelope of a parts caster or of like a parts build guitar um, in every aspect. Um, you know, the, you know, just speaking from the base, you know, the, the not standard, you know, non-reverse Firebird Thunderbird style with the, the carved body and the laminated, you know, walnut and ash. Like there isn't going to be another one just like it, especially not in multi-scale with all the appointments and the laminated neck. And like, these are one of a kind instruments. And that's the thing that is the most fulfilling is that I didn't just build a strat or a telly or something simple that, you know, you know, my neighbor could be working on the same thing and have the same stuff. This is all we with you guys designed these from the ground up, you know, and they ended up exactly the way we wanted them. And that's awesome. It is, yeah, it is, it is really awesome. <laughs> so for anybody else that is looking to make a parts caster build or do a, a part style guitar build, d definitely give this idea a chance because I am the first person to tell you, I don't know Jack about building a guitar, but I have a bass in front of me that plays. And it's alleged. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to, I'm curious to hear what Alan Castor say now. Like did, did the parts caster process now give you kind of a new perspective? Like, do you see guitars a bit, you know, when you're scrolling through Instagram and like, Oh, I really appreciate that now. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. For myself. Definitely. Um, I, I know for, for doing like, cause this is the first time I've tried to convert something to a set neck that, was originally designed to be a bolt on. Um, and I've, I've, I've done a lot of builds, but I've always done bolt ons. I haven't done a set neck or a neck through yet. Um, and I avoided doing carving and stuff. <laughs> so this is kind of my first time tackling a lot of that. And, uh, it, it sure changes how you, how I have seen like really complex carves and, flowing lines and all the work that I, you know, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that dude spent 300 hours just making that body look like just super dope. And, and <laughs> like, I can, I have a lot more of appreciation for that. And it's not, I don't think I lacked it hardcore before, but it's, it's a lot deeper now. Mm -hmm. Like I can look at like an old, let's go with a common brand. Uh, old BC rich guitars, like let's say late seventies mm. BC rich, 
Um, it was it was kind of one of those things. Where I was like, ah, oh, those are cool. Those are nifty. They're made in USA. Those are kind of cool custom things. But it wasn't anything that like blew my mind wide open because it was just sort of a brand that's always been there. Um, now when I look at those instruments and stuff, and I think back on, I was like. Holy crap, that was a lot of carving and sanding and stuff that no one else was yeah, doing. Yeah, there's at a lot of time. nooks and crannies on those guitars, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And on neck throughs and the models in the head there. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. And, and so now I have a real, like, holy schnoikies. That, that was a lot of unnecessary work that was done just to take guitar building to another level that other people weren't doing. And so it looks a lot differently now. You know, I, I look at, both your guys' work now and go like, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some work going in there that I don't want to do. I'm glad there's somebody out there that does it for me. I just have to say, I'd like this, please, and hand over enough cash. And yeah, A lot uh, of this, the like Fender-style bodies and stuff that I do are, like, edges are kind of rounded over. You can do those with the router bit. You don't have to do a whole lot of extra real hand carving until you get into maybe, like, contours and stuff. But uh, I'm working on a couple SG-style builds right now, and they are definitely not something you just run around the router table. It's a lot of hand carving and measuring and marking everything out, and it takes quite a bit more time. They look really cool when they're done, but it's uh, just a completely different process. For it. It's still even considered like a flat-style body. It's not even like a carved top Les Paul or anything, but uh, definitely more involved. Yeah. Well, and you've done some stuff with like lightning struck poplar with uh, epoxy <laughs> to stabilize it like that's a significant amount more work than just routing a mahogany body out of a or a p-base body out of a chunk of mahogany you know it's stuff like that the epoxy stuff's really cool I'm, I'm digging it i've got quite a few epoxy projects actually lined up oh looking forward yeah. to those yeah, they just, I mean, it's, it's a cool way to, to get, like, all the wood that has the cool character and knots and holes and things like that, which some luthiers are going to kind of scoff at. They want the cleanest piece of wood you can find, but no. I don't know. I like I like the uh, the burly stuff. Yep, it's a me way too. Can yeah, still kind of give it some life, you know? Yep. Yeah, keep it dirty. 100%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I had this like that's the that's the episode title right there. <laughs> I had this uh it was, I think it was a rocket or something strat looking guitar um that somebody gave me cuz it was like left behind in a storage locker or something. I can't remember how I ended up with it. But um so I took like a sander like a palm sander and completely stripped all the like 18 layers of epoxy off of this thing. Like the, 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 whatever the, the hell, I think it's epoxy paint or whatever, urethane, um, and like sanded it all down. And it was like this super flamed, knotted up piece of like swamp ash and it had like three great big black knots in it. And I thought that was the greatest, man. Once I got the guitar all back <laughs> together, I think I, I mean, it gave it, somebody gave it to me and like, somebody's like, I will give you $500 for that right now. I'm like, I will take three. <laughs> like you're not, <laughs> you're not paying me $500 for this guitar. Cause it's not worth it. But you know, the amount of work I put into stripping it and, and refinishing it in oil was, it was a lot of work, but it was, it looked That's why great. It's worth 500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It, it, I guess the Mythbusters prove you can polish a turd, but that was <laughs> that was a turd of a guitar. 
you know, that was a turd of a guitar, and I couldn't, I couldn't in my no, I, I, in good conscience take five hundred dollars for it. I happen to have held and seen that guitar. I remember it. Uh, yeah, three hundred's fine. Yep. <laughs> it's a fair price. I think, I think at five hundred, I'd have been like, I don't know, bro. I, I, I was uh, like, I was saying that in my head, going, I don't know, bro. That's that seems like robbery. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, a fool and his money are soon parted. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I, well, like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I, I, Shauna Gun Street doesn't mean wiring harness, and it's hard to argue with the results. But I got to find some other way of getting that that tail end of the project catharsis. Because mm. uh, I feel like I should have spent another half hour breathing solder fumes. <laughs> <laughs> half an hour. That's yeah, it's just an SG harness, man. It's not it's not like uh whatever the heck Trevor's working on there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. What is it would have taken me longer. Well you get faster. But like, with, yeah, but you but, okay, but you use this type of wire with like the, the metal shielding for ground and all that. Mm-hmm. I could see that being really nice and quick. These are just so clean and so they were just just perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I installed the harness and all the parts. And then put in the pickups and put three wires onto the, onto the, what Sean had built and done. It was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I would, I don't know if I like wiring that much. I mean, I like it. I like I, it. And it's fun. And I did, like I say, I did my own and it was, it was good to accomplish that. But if I could, if I had known then I could, you know, I want to just, Hey, when, what do you think of this? And Sean, I'm like, yeah, I can do that up for you and put, you know, do up the screws and done. Yeah. I think. For myself, the work yeah. smart, not hard. Oh, that, I, that just makes more sense to me. I will use Sean again in the future. I have another build planned with one of Sean's wiring harnesses that's here already. So yeah, yeah, me too. I, I can't say enough good things about him and and his work. Or actually, you know, speaking of uh, the one partner we haven't mentioned yet in the build series, um, Colmax pickups. Man, these these pickups have been brilliant. Your pickups look like a million bucks. Man, okay. So now that I've played it. The, the actual texture that these pickups have, the like the 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 jazz pickup in the bridge, is so crisp, and so clear, it it rings like a bell. I was so impressed with it, and the like the warmth and fullness of the P bass pickups. Like I can't, I'm not a bass player, but man, am I happy with the way this sounds. Like, out of this world good. I just we well, have my jealousy. I I. I was I finished up my guitar enough to check my wiring job, make sure it was all yeah, working. It goes properly. click when you poke the pickups, but pots, nothing. Everything's working, pots working, the <laughs> ground's on. All right, great. I didn't get a chance to play test it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just sitting here tempting me. I'm sure these are going to sound good because, yeah, they're amazing. But I, I can't say yet what level of amazing we're working with here. I'm saying if they're anything like what I have, and they probably are, they're fantastic. I'm thinking so, man. These are these are pretty high end PAF replica. So if you things, take so. if you take your Fender, or your Fender bass that you have, yeah, right, and that's that's got a little bit more you know active circuitry and things like that in it's it. It's got an active preamp. Yeah, the pickups are passive. But. Yeah, but like I say, it's got a little more active things. It's got some stuff going on that's different than this, but this sounds hand over fist better. Like as a, as just an everyday bass goes, I'm saying. These pickups sound so good. It's awesome. 
Yeah, Comex yeah. does good stuff. I got a lot of uh, compliments from from a lot of people across Canada mm-hmm. that I really respect and beyond that have uh, really liked his work. So this is going to sound funny because you had a lot of like struggles geometry wise because you were you didn't think it through, I guess, quite properly, and you like there was little errors made on your part. Well, it was. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to revisit it too hard. Too no, I know. So, but, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that from a basics standpoint of making a bolt-on parts build, this actually just clicked together. Standing here, like, yes, I made errors. I did. I made mistakes, but for all intent and purpose, when I came, when it came to screwing stuff together, and like it all just went together. There wasn't any real. Other than my own neuroses, there wasn't any problems. Yeah. Everything went together really clean. Yeah. Would you change things? Would you do it again? Hmm. And, and while you're thinking about that, I'm going to, I'm going to pause it a question, a question to our guest. Mm. If you were to do it again with us, would you recommend we change things? Let's get everybody in. I would have probably spent, I would have spent more time on your neck pocket for sure. Like I, I, as much as I did on Casper's, but I know when we were talking, like you wanted to be able to do a little bit of work on your own. You wanted to kind of shape the heel on your own and stuff like that. So I just uh, kind of got it to a certain point and then passed it along. But in the builds that I've had since then, I've had clients like send me the neck. I've even had a couple other that have worked with uh, Trevor and got more necks from him. Um, that we have the neck come in and I fit everything and then ship it out. Even if I'm not doing a complete build, it's still going out in pieces, but I know that once they get it there, it's going to just kind of fall together for them. So yeah. And in hindsight, I, I wouldn't have let that pass out of the shop like that. I would, I would have put a little more effort into it and made sure that you were not going to run into those issues. <laughs> Again, I, I blame myself. <laughs> and and I think hindsight's twenty twenty, knowing that there were, questions that you know that hadn't been addressed by al it's all kind of a yeah. perfect storm that it ended up the way it was but it but there's well, i don't well, think anybody's to blame but al as well well you and well you and i'm <laughs> <laughs> al yeah <laughs> i love you buddy sure well while you and trevor are thinking of your answers of possible changes you might do i will say for my part i would spend a little more time because i spent a long time thinking about this build and planning it before uh, we we started uh, really diving in on well before Trevor and Gary started diving in on it. Um, and uh, my mistake, if I were to, to put my mistake under an umbrella and simplify it, my grand mistake, which I was able to overcome through some problem solving and some help from Trevor, um, I spent too much time thinking about the fantasy build and and building this fantasy instrument that I'd always kind of dreamed of and doing things that hadn't been done before and assembling them all in one instrument. And I would have spent at least an equal amount of time (laughs) carefully considering uh, the geometry of making that work Mm. and why certain things are done certain ways. Cause there, there, there is a little more method to set neck instruments than bolt neck instruments. Um, and, and that you have to consider if you're doing something like a, a, a Bigsby style trim, um, or a jazz style trim for for sure. You know, there's there's yeah there's break angle considerations that uh, I didn't quite have figured out. I thought by, 
you know, foregoing the scoop on the rear of the guitar body, that it was just getting away from Ricky-style territory and getting into a more generic look. And uh, But I was actually kind of fudging with some uh, geometry uh, assistance that having the bridge lowered into the body, or the stop piece lowered into the body, gave yeah. to the instrument. And uh, by not having that and not having much of a brake angle in the neck, uh, in the neck pocket, because again, my decisions that I <laughs> passed on to Gary, um, I really created that that overall problem that took a lot of stress. I don't think <laughs> we know? put a brake angle in that pocket at all, did we? No, nope. using a shim, right? No, nope. yeah, I had these. Uh, Trevor sent me a nice Wenge uh, shim. I think it was Wenge. It was Probably, like, I think it was Wenge. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what wound up. Uh, correcting my grave boo-boo so i would i would plan my geometry out before i start planning the fantasy out how's that yeah i think That'd my big change my I'm, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum i just wanted to make something that worked <laughs> you know and like it and it and it does but it, it wasn't like uh i have this grand like this imagined thing is expectation of what i'm building it's like, I can't wait to see how it turns out. Not, I have this like preconception about what it's going to be and then try to achieve it, you know? So I think it was, I guess coming at it from a totally like the opposite end going, this is going to look great, I'm sure, but let's see if I can make it look great. And I don't know what it's going to look like at the end, but I had like, I mean, I knew what the oil finish was going to do to Walnut. That's pretty obvious. I knew, you know, but judging just by looking at the finishing styles and researching all that, I knew kind of what the finish was going to look like in the end. But it was, is that a possibility for something? Can I do that with my hands? You know, mm -hmm. was it going to be something I was going to be able to accomplish? And just, you know, fingers crossed, I was hoping. That's not not coming at it from a, like a, uh, I'm trying to build a Ferrari here. I need to make it look like a Ferrari exactly. Well, you did build a Ferrari. That, that's pretty Ferrari. It's basically. pretty Ferrari. Yeah. All right. right. So, so Trevor, <laughs> what's something you would you would have encouraged us to change about these? I can think of one thing. I know I made you do that. You were like, never again. But, uh, <laughs> oh, just one. Yeah. Just a, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I kind of I kind of had the easier side of this too. Like, look, looking at what Gary and I had to tackle because I, I was starting at you know ground zero, and then Gary had to you know fit what I made to his, to his liking and, you know, and then ship it up, up to you guys. So, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard to like, just take a neck that you weren't prepared for and then put it together. So we got, I got to give Gary a lot of kudos on that. Cause I had, I had it easy in that regard, but are we calling um, the next, the easy part now? Cause I, <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, it's some, it's sometimes it is. It's like, Hey, if the next uh, building, the neck is easy if it's like i don't have to care what this body looks like here you go there's a neck um you know you figure it out it's your turn and like oh thanks man um so gary had it i think harder in that sense but the thing i learned is that even though to do my due diligence and then even though i wasn't doing or building the whole guitar i need to know the whole guitar before i build just the portion i am building Right. So uh, like kind of like getting back to Al's thing is like, yeah, I, I wasn't building the body. I wasn't putting in the hardware. I wasn't doing the electronics, but, but that knowing every one of those things would have like maybe just raised a red flag to say, Oh, well, we should have a, a not another discussion about the heel and, and just maybe that would have saved us the whole thing. So it's like, you know, just, just 
even though maybe it's none of my on none of my business on the on the thing it's like oh well why do you need to hold you do the whole thing you're just doing the neck and it's like well it might save us somewhere down the road so yeah. just to well, you the, and, and you guys did oh i know i know i've given you some grief about it because you used my headstock design again but you guys did work with another guy. Listen, the amount, still, the amount of time. Heard about that? Hold on, of, I was going to compliment you guys. The first time that you used up in micro <laughs> adjustments of that headstock. That's so I'm good. Telling it had you, to be used twice. I'm telling, I know. I'm telling you, he had to get his money's worth out of it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> That's if we build. go back to that original post-it note, I'm pretty sure there's about 10 of those headstocks on there. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay. Anyways. I love it. Just so everybody yeah, knows go what ahead. build I'm referring to, because I think everybody now has a very clear vision in their mind of the guitar I'm talking about, at least the four of us. Because yeah. um, you guys worked together on that build, and that one, you guys did put the brake angle right into the neck, as I recall. Yeah, he sent me Yes. Uh, the neck just had a much chunkier heel to it, and then I basically built a jig here to uh, cock the neck at you know two or three degree break angle, whatever we want it to be, and then I just replaned it to the right depth and made everything work. So the guitar body still has a flat neck pocket, and you know you could pop a strat neck on there or something if you change the bridge eventually. But yeah, angled the neck instead of the actual pocket. Itself. Yeah, so I'd like to think. I mean, I don't, uh, maybe this <laughs> oh, is me taking credit go. for something I don't deserve. <laughs> but I'd like to think my headache with the brake angle uh, helped influence that. <laughs> probably, did, yeah, we're, uh, probably. Yeah, See, we're all learning. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say like we're changing lives here. That's <laughs> your lack of forethought created less headache for someone later. That's my that's my sweet spot, yeah, man. That's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I don't really have a thing that I would do differently. Back to that question. Oh man, there's there, if I were to do your base exactly as it is, there's one thing I would do. Mm. Semi hollow. Yes, that is something I would probably address. <laughs> oh, Actually, yeah. I would say we could probably chamber the ash part of this guitar and make it make it not yeah, weigh ninety three pounds. It is yeah, you know, walnut's heavy, eh? Well, and ash too, surprisingly. <laughs> Turns out highly figured woods <laughs> tend to be heavier. Yeah, yeah the but the density rating of this thing it sustains for months. It it's really great, but holy crap, is it heavy? I have a very large three inch padded strap that's not quite enough. <laughs> Like, the thing needs a harness. See, I, I thought, Trevor, the one I was thinking of was because I I uh, convinced you to do fret nibs on stainless yeah. steel frets. <laughs> so I thought for sure you, that would be the thing. You'd be like, no. Oh, yeah, we don't we don't offer that service anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's – I ruined it for everybody. <laughs> I just don't get that, though. I don't understand the appeal. The fret nibs thing? Yeah. Because uh, it's, blame my SG standard, man. I'm so in love with that neck and the feel of the, the fret nibs on, on the side of the frets that that's that's what I wanted. <laughs> that's what I was trying to achieve. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. shouldn't. There is merit. Uh, there is merit to it. Like just, you know, that's your hands and oils and sweat and everything can really get into those fret tangs. So if you have nibs, it can it can provide a bit of protection for the fret ends. So if you ever get seasonal fret sprout, it kind of deters that. Um, it's just such a labor intense process. If you don't have jigs that do it on the regular, that it's just like, yeah, you know, just, just 
yeah, it's so easy to just address, like build the neck right and have a little bit of sprout then to, you know, recreate the wheel and have these little fret nibs that guys like Al seem to like. I'm sorry, sorry, man. I'll never do it again. I promise. That's that's a lie. (laughs) No, no, I'm already talking to him about another build and there's no fret nibs involved. Um, Unless you're willing to try it one more time. (laughs) He'd already told you they don't offer that service anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are breaking up. I can't hear you. Yes. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Family yeah. emergency. Yep. It's like, it's like the bad first date exit. Somebody runs into the room. Mom's sick. We gotta go. I think yeah. I left something in the oven. I think left I left my. Oh, I think yeah. I left my oven on. Yeah. Yeah, I never did that to any of my dates. No, I had a just, lot of dates just, where they, they had just, problems though, every time. You were just lucky yeah. to have dates. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> well, where are we at for time? Eh, almost there. Almost there. Oh, cool. What else we need to discuss? There was some stuff. My, my, my brain is that of a colander, man, so it's all slipping out the back of my head. But. <laughs> yeah, it's just a wire sieve. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, um, it has been a real treat doing this. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm glad it for for a couple of things. A, it was such a privilege to work with you guys to do this project, to do this series. Agreed. Um, but also, it was really nice to, to just, you know, get to know you guys real well and, and you know, make a, make some new friends. and Don't, don't friend is a bit of a stretch, remember? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> Or was we that just that, you? That was just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're buddies, right? <laughs> you and me, we're good. Silence. Silence. I can grow crickets. Ooh, we're okay. <laughs> Dead air. Ouch. Oh. Yes. Uh, I'm not alone in my misery. Trevor puts a knife in my back as well. <laughs> yeah, Casper twists it. Uh. Yeah, yeah, happily. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I'm really glad, and I'm also really glad that this uh, this collaboration on this parts build series is like has led to doing builds between you guys with other people. That's, yeah, that's amazing the, to me. That's awesome. So, hopefully, it leads yeah, to. Yeah, I've, I've sent a couple clients over to Trevor looking for Nick's. I've had a few uh, Canadian folks hit me up for builds, even though I'm all the way down here in Indiana on the other side of the border. But um. They're asking, you know, cause like down here we might use like maybe Warmoth or Mighty Might or something like that for something that's readily available. And uh, Warmoth, I guess, isn't so available up there. So custom stuff is always cool. Trevor's doing great work. And uh, hopefully we wind up doing some more guitars together. Heck yeah. yeah I'm, I, I keep, I'm trying to send as many folks to Gary because it's just, it's, um, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather see him get the, the cash and the work, talented guy that he is. So it's like, you know, Let's let's make some interesting stuff. You know, I I don't think we need more Stratton Telly bodies. That market's you know you just two piece older Telly thing. It's kind of boring. <laughs> Seems let's, pretty let's get busy. Some, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like let's let's just let's get some really really cool stuff that you know that Gary can just pump out like some yeah gorgeous walnut swamp ash. Let's let's make something real neat. So I think that's where Gary excels, and I'm happy to send him work because he does a great job. So heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> See, you two can be so nice to each other, but apparently not the hosts. <laughs> uh, See, but we have this dynamic, and I think it rubs off on everybody, so then everybody starts, <laughs> to, <laughs> it starts to treat oh, us no. the same way. Yeah. A hell of our own making. Mm-hmm. 
great. Uh, well, I, I, I gotta say, it's been a while since I've done a complete parts built ground up like this. Um, it was a this is heck the, of an experience. This is the only one I've ever done. And your first what? one. Yeah. 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 I've, I've taken guitars apart and refinished them and stuff, but never, I've never done anything like this. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that speaks, that speaks to a lot too, though, is that just, just that shouldn't deter people from trying it. No, absolutely. Just because not. you've never done it. It's like, guys, just go for it. It's not as crazy as it thinks. You don't have to go as complicated and you can walk away with something truly unique. You know, um, yep. it's, it's you know, just because you've never done something that shouldn't be a deterrent. And you don't have to go like haul, like we went extreme yeah. on these builds Yeah, for parts. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. I don't, I don't want to like, like, you know, dog in the two piece Alder Telly, I can make those, or I can even, you know, send you to some other builders that probably make them cheaper than I do, honestly. But like, like Trevor said, I'm trying to specialize in doing kind of next level stuff. I don't want just a regular piece of wood that you can get off of an eBay seller, you know, just some random website. I yeah. do individual service. We're going to go through every single option, kind of really customize everything too. And then you also get some help along the way. So when you get stuck, you've got a couple people you can call or anything. I don't know. I can point you to somebody else that might help you out, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's been an incredible journey mm -hmm. for, for us to be able to just reach out and, and, you know, you guys are, are fantastic consummate professionals. <laughs> and, and, you know, for, for, for listeners, you know, if you, that's that's kind of what we wanted to encourage with this series was doing one of these. Whether you start simple, which if it's your first one, we encourage you to start simple. Mm -hmm. Nothing, yeah, nothing a cheap kit put yeah, together. Yep. Nothing wrong with with building the ultimate telly. Mm -hmm. And you know everybody should have a telly. So you know build build one, call it good. The next build, go a little more crazy. Yeah. You know that you can. What we wanted to do with the parts build series was not only, you know, touch on the parts building world and community, but we wanted to kind of build things that pushed our envelopes, push the envelopes of the parts, the build thing in general. And hopefully um, through the course of this three part series and through the instruments themselves that we we're sharing lots of pictures of, hopefully inspire mm -hmm. you to, to make your own. Uh, thing as much again to bring up that guitar with the same headstock as mine. Um, somebody had an idea that they executed <laughs> well. Oh hey, it's I never, have a thought here. It's never gonna stink. <laughs> somebody had a cool idea, and it was you, the ultimate doom kind of rocker guitar. And that that thing is awesome. I want to be madder about the headstock thing than I can be because the guitar is just too dang cool, man. <laughs> and every, every one of these things is, is going to be different. And that's the, the beauty of this. Yeah. Do you know how long it took me to design my headstock? Well, not enough time. It's just funny oh. looking. You're funny looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Looks very energy efficient. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a leaf. Yeah. I didn't even actually intend it to, to in the beginning. The leaf? No, I didn't. I wouldn't. I didn't think. Oh, I'm gonna make it look like your, a leaf. Your little walnut leaf. But it does look like a leaf. Yeah, it's just cooler than a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Got a pretty sweet little truss cover, too. Yes, it does. That it does. That it does. I actually, I found there's a tiny thing that I have to address with the truss rod cover. I have to thin it. Because, oh, really? Yeah, it's it because the the height of the nut and it actually just just kisses the strings as they come over the nut on the backside. So oh. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna thin it down just a little bit with a, some sandpaper or, or a sander or something. But it's like yeah, just, just a little sanding block. That's easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it, it's exactly what it, it needed to be. Well, this is the end of it, huh? Yeah, I guess so. That's crazy. I I can't, this, <laughs> this parts build series has been, I mean, when did we start planning this? It was like previous to last Christmas. Yeah. When I started planning it. I'm not sure when we first talked to, to you, Gary. Would have been the spring, late spring of that year of when we first Something started like podcasting. When, when, when we first started podcasting about it or. We started uh, talking about it. it was, I think it was like May. It was like May or June. Oh, I think I think you and we were talking about it. You and I were talking about it long before that. Yeah, I think we were talking about it with Gary early last year, January, February, and the big the hold first up. few months of me like filing my business license and kind of going official with everything. I was reaching out to some folks trying to do something like this to just you know get some promotion going. Sure. And uh, most people are like, "Who the hell are you?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys for taking the time to uh, see it through. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. it's just as much a great thing for us, man. I, I think, uh, I think the, the the thing that took the longest was actually finding Trevor, finding yeah. somebody who wanted to do next, and be a part of this. I mean, we obviously could have just, you know, bought a warmoth neck or something, but that wasn't the plan. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> I could screw up geometry with a warmoth. You could, hundred <laughs> percent. Warmoth's not going to talk to me I, on the phone. That's right. You wouldn't have anybody to support you on your mistakes. <laughs> um, but it's crazy to me that we started these, this series, um, over a year ago and we started the actual builds this summer and then forest fires and everything. And I can't believe how long it's taken. So I'm going to get gonna, to this point. I'm going to quickly look back while you're talking. The the final episode here is, is happening and we're about to wrap it up because this has been like a big part of my life for, uh, over a year. So you made it. We received yeah. the parts from Gary, like in the front yard, when we unboxed the big box of yep. necks and bodies and all this stuff, was May the 26th That's, of yeah, 2021. So the, it's been June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. So we're seven, eight months, eight months of working on these things. Well, I mean, not steady, <laughs> mind you. I mean, no, there was a few months. Yeah. There's a few months of, of even, so yeah, yeah and the, about a year. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it is a long process to get here. Um, but that being said, we're leaving with you know a bunch of cool episodes and uh, a couple of instruments that are pretty wild. So you guys are gonna have to make some videos. I want to see you playing them. I'm gonna find a bass player to play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll make up some videos. We get we we got to share the tones with the world. Yep. Um, and just one final thank you, um, Indra Guitars. Richard at Indra made uh, the the pick guard and uh, the knobs for my guitar and uh, the knobs for Casper's guitar. Yep. Um, to Colmax Pickups, thank you so much for the pickups. We got a pair of uh, PAF replicas and uh, a P bass and a jazz bass pickup set for Casper's. 
Um, they are amazing. We're super stoked about that. And of course, to uh, to you, Gary, and to to you, Trevor, um, for the the bodies and the necks. Um, holy freaking crap! Um, I don't know what your hand signal is trying to tell me, Sean. And oh yeah, thank you, Gun Street, and Sean at Gun yeah. Street Wiring. Yeah, for putting the uh, putting all the the heartbeat behind everything together. Really, he had the hardest job, <laughs> I think. <laughs> his um, work actually made, and his connecting his work to the project was the fastest, hands down. Yeah, <laughs> it took a whole lot of work right out of uh, right out of my life. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately. I just can't thank everybody involved with this enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, particularly an extra thanks to, to you two because uh, you were involved the earliest and you uh, definitely had a little bit more of a <laughs> headachey uh, involvement than anybody else. A lot more phone calls. And you guys were like, for lack of a better word, you were super hands-on with us and, and made sure that, you know, to give us any kind of assistance we needed and it's just a, a fantastic process and yeah can't thank you enough oh well thanks uh you know i can only speak for myself but i gotta i gotta thank you guys too because it's um you know when when you're running when you're woodworking and running a show it's you don't have a lot of time for promotion and and just trying to get a project like this underway and organizing all of the irons in the fire is, is no easy task in itself. So I, I think everyone else, you know, Indra and gun street and, you know, Gary and myself, we're happy for the promotion because it helps us, you know, keep, keep the lights on. Yeah. I'm actually going to, I'm going to give all that credit to Al because that's Al's Al oh, took well. most of that on. That's uh, you put all the irons in the fire, sir. <laughs> and you got everybody connected with us and, you know, well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. You're, you're too kind, my friend. You're uh, also a hardworking fella. You're the guy uh, running the equipment there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a golf clap for Al. Uh, hugs all around. Yeah, how about that? Sounds good. Well, I I don't want to be done yet. I know that's the heartbreaking part, but I think. I think we got to be because we got to give people the opportunity to go out and plan their own parts builds. That's true. That's and true. To to message Trevor and to message Gary and to get their balls rolling towards mm-hmm. their own dream instruments. I should have worded that differently. You definitely should have. Yeah, that was odd. That was weird. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> well, it's in stone now. It's, yeah. <laughs> There's no going back out. No, no, just, just, uh, just, just own it. Just own it. Why? Why am I always that guy? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be just a nice You had a very, like, genuine, heartfelt, yeah. like, oh, you know, look on your face when you said it, too. And it's I know, like, and as soon as it was out of my mouth, I, I heard it, and I was <laughs> your, like, Your head uh-oh. cocked to one side, you're like, ah, uh, dang it. <laughs> anyway... I guess ever... I, <laughs> I, I love this show, too. <laughs> I am I am very positive we're the goofiest guitar podcast. Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't know if there's a metric to prove that, but I, <laughs> I think we could measure it by on topic minutes. <laughs> I think if we if we take other guitar podcasts and break them down to minute by minute who stays on topic and who doesn't, we win off topic. Yeah. 100% all the time. Winning. 
<laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, geez, this is the worst exit ever. Uh, thanks to everyone involved in this. Thanks to you guys for listening and sticking with us. If you haven't heard it yet, I don't know how you wouldn't have, but if you haven't, go back and listen to parts one and two so you know how we got to where we are. Um, and, you know, share it around with your friends and share, us, uh, share your builds with us. And go, you're doing. go build a guitar. Go make dust yeah. and paint. And we'll see you next week. Heard.